Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bombad listeners. Uh, today I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi, two of my friends and colleagues. Uh, we work together and we uh, support individuals uh, needing psychological attention. And also we always bring culture to the point because we believe culture is a big part of each person. So today we decided to talk about uh, the path we got us to the point that we are. Like in general, what brought us to continue with our education uh, to get our master's degree and to get our doctoral degree or in general, how do we plan or what happens that you get to this path? And I want to start with Dr. Andrade. Thank you. I was thinking about this recently as I was talking to a, a colleague and friend of mine, uh, Dr. Ashley Wood, about uh, starting her own private practice. Um, it made me reflect on my decision to pursue private practice and transition from working for organizations as I had in the past. And it, it really kind of brought me back to this idea. And I thought it would be great not just to, to hear your experiences, but then also to for listeners to think about, you know, those questions of what, what leads us to kind of pursuing certain paths, pursuing certain interests, um, you know, where do those influences come from? Do they come from family? Do they come from uh, our, you know, previous generations, uh, you know, our culture, um, you know, even just uh, intrinsically within ourselves? do we find that this is something that we're wanting to do? So in, in talking with Dr. Wood, I was thinking about, you know, what we, we were lamenting over what we endured in grad school and, and how we got to that point and how serendipitous at times it seemed that all these things lined up. And I was actually telling her about uh, Devana as well and how that kind of seemed to, to, you know, kind of come full circle and, and even thinking about, and I'll maybe talk more, I think listeners have maybe heard a little bit before about uh, the summer camp that I spoke at uh, as part of Tavana in that way and how that even, you know, was connected to my roots in a way. It was, you know, maybe a, a mile or two away from where I ended up going to, you know, elementary school and, and middle school and high school. And so it all kind of worked out in this way where it felt very interconnected. And so I wanted to maybe share with listeners the idea of both of, you know, our journeys to some degree in regards to what led us to, to higher education, uh, what even, even maybe before that, like what led us to finishing high school, what led us to thinking about, you know, community college or, you know, graduate school um, and even work uh, as far as like, what does that meant and, and symbolize in our lives? Uh, as I think so many young people are trying to figure that out now in the world as different as it is, maybe some of these can still resonate and, and help individuals recognize that it's maybe not always a very clear path on I'm going to do this or this is what it's supposed to be. But instead, maybe it's a journey where we're trying to figure things out. And, and I think in sharing some of those struggles and successes that we've had uh, that may really resonate with people. How about you, Dan? Well, what's the question side, eh? What, <laughs> what, about, leads, what about me? <laughs> what leads us to pursue the path that we either went through or are still in the middle of it? Are you asking, do I, what do I think in general what leads us on the path or what's yeah, been my experience? Yeah, or, or personal or general. No, I think that uh, what leads us on the path is a combination generally of many things and that Probably some of those things we don't even think prepare us to be on the path are just planting the or making the seedbed ready so that when somebody comes along, then we're open enough that we can receive what they're saying. For myself, I, I grew up on a farm in eastern Kansas, and it was very clear to me. I knew that I wanted to see the world, and I knew I wanted to meet people of different cultures and try to understand where they come from and how they live. And I just have always been fascinated by that. I love different languages. Always, always I knew I want to do that. Because I can remember seeing some Star Trek episodes and just being fascinated by that. Oh, wow, how cool would that? And 
and what I knew for myself was that if I stayed on the farm, that was not going to happen because I could see it was a very, it is a very rural Eastern Kansas. And that's, you, it's not, you don't make big money. You don't make a lot of money. My parents, I don't think they ever traveled international. Probably won't ever. My dad won't stay away. My mom is not, she's not going to come out to California and visit. So she's certainly not going to travel internationally. But I knew that if I stayed there on the farm, I would not end up being able to dip into those cultures and visit the places that even if I were to die today, I visited lots of different places and cool experiences and met lots of so that for me, that was my guiding thing was I want to see the world. I want to experience different cultures. That was what drove me in the direction. I knew I had to get out. I had to go to higher education for that. That was the way. So it was intrinsic. Uh, it was intrinsic. So that is very interesting that sometimes within you, there's a desire as you were explaining where you grew up, I was just thinking you could have just ended up staying there, you know, just having the life that the, the rest of the family had, but you change it by being courageous and by really stepping forward to, to take action for what you wanted. So this is really a great example for anyone that is listening to us, that if you have a desire that you want to do something that it's really boiling within you, and this is what you want to do, you have to be courageous to step forward and do it. And for me, when Alex was, or you were talking was, you know, it's really interesting that in our culture, knowledge, um, is really valued. So that for sure, I know that you grew up in a culture that everybody values, um, you know, um, I would say mostly wisdom and knowledge um, to certain um, point, especially, you know, the time I was living, everybody was getting degrees, everybody was going to good universities, planning to do this and that. And uh, when actually I was here, uh, I was just thinking, I always wanted to get into psychology. And for some reason, it just happened that I got my undergrad in, I think we've talked about that in business uh, uh, degree. And at that point, I thought maybe this is more lucrative, or this is more to the the timing works better for having that degree because businesses were always, you know, we are living in a world that having a business degree and getting into businesses, it's, it's really good. But then after that, I realized that this is not what I want to do. I want to do something that is giving, there is something different, but I never knew I'm going to end up in this and sometimes things happen in life that brings you to where you are and when i think about what happened that i got to teaching and psychology it was completely completely by chance and it wasn't something i um you know tried hard to get into but but it was a desire inside probably unconsciously but also events and happenings got me to this route which I felt that it was a perfect fit because I really like to share. I really like to give. So it was a perfect thing for me. It's interesting because I feel like I've kind of started in the opposite kind of way where I didn't really envision doing too much in my life. I just did what I was like supposed to do. And uh, I remember going to you know, school, high school, even, and people were talking about going to college and I didn't want to go to college. I actually didn't go to college right away. I took the first six months off. Well, I didn't know I was taking them off, but uh, I, I didn't go for the first six months. Uh, I actually told people, I was like, I want to work. I want to work and see what that's like and, you know, make my own money. I come from a, a blue collar family. You know, you have to, I was raised with these ideas. Like you have to have a good job. You need to make money. You, you know, don't ever quit a job before you have another job. Um, one of the things I later learned that that message imparts is is the avoidance of risk and, and the need for security and stability. 
And so that was really imparted upon me. Like you need to make sure that you can survive uh, along those lines. I was encouraged uh, actually by my mom, you know, to apply for a state job. It's a good job. You'll have job security. You'll be okay. Um, and so at a young age, I think it was 20, I got a job with the state of California. Um, and it was, I, I even, it's funny. I would tell people, I even envisioned how my life was going to play out. I would tell people, probably get married when I'm about 28, have a couple of kids, you know, like might not even work out, who knows, and get remarried and then, you know, just have a house and just work. And that's what I envisioned for myself. It wasn't until probably like my, in, in undergrad that I started to see a little bit more. Uh, I met a psychologist uh, through my internship who started, you know, encouraging me and supporting me to think for myself, asking me, I'm looking at you, Daniel, you know, that this, uh, that that's you, uh, who encouraged me, like, what do you think about this, you know, patient? Or what do you think in this group? And I was like, what? Like, why? Why does my opinion matter? Like, I'm, what, what is this? What is this? And uh, along those same lines, a good friend of mine, uh, Tony was moving to Hawaii, and I, I vividly remember asking him, "Why are you moving to Hawaii?" And and he said these two words that were so simple but monumental. He said, "Why not?" And I and I was like, "I don't know, I don't know." And it, it just started the cracks started appearing in this plan that I had for myself, and I started to realize like, wait, I can do something else. I'd go, been going to school for psychology because it interested me, um, but I never thought of being a psychologist until these things started happening. Um, Daniel, you're definitely a big influence in that and, and really supportive and encouraging. Um, and so when I did move to Chicago and started working in the field and started like learning that I can do this and that I kind of had a knack for it, um, yeah, it just kind of evolved from there. So. Yeah, for a long time, I, I didn't, not, not to say that I was down on myself, but I didn't expect much from myself or from my life in that way. And it was okay. It was like, that was going to be the path that I took. Um, but it's funny, because once that shifted, like, I cannot be that. <laughs> I cannot do things just because I'm supposed to do them. I think that's one of the things even now personally annoys me. It's like, well, you're supposed to. And I'm like, well, who says? Wait, why? I'm like, hold on. Like, where, where's this written? Like, what's this rule? Um, and so I think for, for listeners in that way, if you feel like you have something set in your mind, I don't think that's wrong or bad necessarily, but I think it is worth asking like, well, why, you know, is this what you want? Is this something that, you know, you've heard you're supposed to do? Um, you know, is this for you? And, and knowing that if that is the path that you're choosing, you know, what is going to bring you happiness from that? Not just because that's what you're supposed to do. I think that was the thing I was lacking in, in my kind of description of what my life would be been. It wasn't because I wanted it. It wasn't because I was going to be happy. It was just, that's what happens to people I know. That's what happens to, um, you know, in that kind of, you know, path, if you will. So at some point you figured out that you, somewhere you found what you wanted, right? Somewhere it stopped being this external script and you began to operate from an internal compass. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it was like these combination of like, you know, influences and experiences, you know, uh, you were definitely, you know, one of them in that way and encouraging and, and trying to foster like my, my thoughts and, and, and my, my views on psychology, which before that I just was reading about it. And it wasn't until I worked with you that I got to see it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I, okay, I could maybe see doing this. Um, so before it was just this thing I was reading about that I really liked, but I, I never, even then when I was in school, I never thought I could be doing this. It was just more of like, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to college. I'm going to, that's going to help me with my state of California job. Cause if you have a degree, you can actually get promoted a little easier. So for me, it was like, okay, this is going to, you know, kill two birds with one stone. It's interesting to me and uh, it'll benefit me. But yeah, it became this more both through seeing the work that you did, you know, my friend, you know, encouraging that, you know, you can, you can go and do anything and, you know, you can live anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, it started to, to, to grow and to fester in that way. So Alex, I'm so happy you're in this profession because with your, um, first of all, cultural background and with your caring and um, attitude that you have, you can really help a lot of people, not only in your culture, but in different cultures, because you have 
such great understanding of um, cultural values and cultural backgrounds and just that depth that you have. So um, I'm so happy that life brought you to this profession because knowing you, I'm so happy that people have the opportunity to work with you and, you know, and just um, you have such great um, background to be able to help a lot of people. So with that, I want to say, let's go to another, to a break and come back to continue our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من سعیده ملک افزالی به همراه دوتن از همکارانم دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی امروز در خدمتون هستیم روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه ما صحبت رو به زبان انگلیسی داریم و اگه تازه رادیاتون رو باز کردین و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین به خاطر این هست که ما دوست داریم کسانی که ترجیح میدن به رادیو بامداد گوش میدن به زبان انگلیسی برنامه های روانشناسی رو داشته باشن ما این برنامه رو در اختیارشون گذاشتیم و خوشبختانه اینطوری که صحبت میکنیم بیشتر جنبه های خیلی خودمونی و صحبت های عادی زندگی هست و خواهش میکنم اگر کسانی هستن که ترجیح میدن به زبان انگلیسی برنامه روانشناسی رو گوش کنن ازشون دعوت کنین به برنامه ما توجه بکنن We're back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنویم و تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردین من و دو تن از همکارانم دکتر اندرادی و دکتر راکرز روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه برنامه به زبان انگلیسی داریم از ساعت دوازت و یک بعد از ظهر و هر روز ما راجب موضوعات مختلف زندگی روانشناسی و غیر گفتگو داریم امروز ما صحبتمون در مورد اینکه چه چی چیزی ما رو به راهی میکشونه که توش هستیم uh, well we uh, just ended at that point we went to the break we were talking about uh, you Alex and how you end up here and I you know throughout this conversation I was just thinking is it the chance sometimes partly brings us to where we are Or is it 100% our desire and our movement towards where we want to be? Because when I think about my life, a lot of it happened because I rolled into it without even knowing where I'm going at first, you know. And then when you end up going to that path, at the middle of the road, you just wonder what happened? How am I? like into teaching, what brought me here? And as you said, Alex, for me, it was um, when I was here, I was looking for getting into different businesses. I was going to, um, you know, different um, opportunities, talking to different people. Can I do this? Can I do that? Because at that time, 
all I was thinking is, you know, what can I do to make good money? And what can I do to establish a business? Because that was my degree. But all of a sudden, one incident in the district when I went to register my son for um, first grade, um, at that time, there was a lady who was registering him. And he goes, you know, you speak English and you speak Farsi and um, we need someone who can help us with different things because we have a lot of Persian speaking people here. If there's an influx of people in our district and we need someone to be liaison between parents, between district. And I, without even asking, are you paying me? Is this volunteer job? I said, I can do that. And honestly, at that time, I was just thinking I'm volunteering to help, mm-hmm. you know, parents. And that started from there you know after working for a couple of months they kept telling me do you realize that teaching in, in your is in your blood and and you can be a good teacher and i heard that from different people and then all of a sudden i thought well i wanted to get my master's degree in psychology uh but maybe i can try you know getting into teaching and i can always get my masters and that was what my boss said you can always get your master's degree in psychology if you're interested, but let's just start with teaching and then and then get your master's. You don't, you know, it's not ex- mutually exclusive. Um, so, anyways, you know, I was just thinking sometimes events and and one thing may lead to another, and you end up with something else. But also, there is that very, very, very important aspect of saying yes. Mm-hmm right? Because a lot of people don't. A lot of people are presented with these opportunities as they go through life and they fail to say yes. Mm -hmm. And we've all probably heard it somewhere. Saying yes to one thing sets up a cascade of a bunch of other possibilities for you. It opens many doors saying yes and really embarking on that journey. Mm -hmm. So I can see where a lot of people may not have said yes at that point side, eh? So saying yes, and then what goes into saying yes, a lot of times we're prepared to say yes when we make a decision to open up or proceed down a path as well. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Well, you said yes to the idea of uh, establishing Kavanov, and I shared with you. I did. I like saying yes. I love these new ideas like that. It's just so cool. And it was amazing. You know, I, I sometimes feel like, if you hadn't said yes, and, and I knew I have another hand to start this, maybe I would just wait and wait to see what happens because this was my desire to do. But then I didn't know how to start. But then when you said yes, and then we went to see um, the lawyer to start our organization. And, uh, and, and I feel like, as you said, being open to ideas and saying yes without even knowing what's going to happen. Let's try. I mean, nothing is going to be, um, you know, so outrageously negative of doing something. Even if we fail, well, we fail. You know, we may think of something else. And I exactly what you said, you know, being open and say, well, let's try and see what happens. For example, when I started thinking about teaching, it was like, yeah, you go through different maybe paths in your life. You may just do a couple of years of uh, teaching, see what happens if you don't like. You know, you always have the other opportunities that you were looking for. Now let's try and see what happens. And I think this opens the door for us to look at different things. I think along those lines, something that's really important too. I think it's also the way I like to frame it is kind of being aware of the no's as well. I think we need to hear the yeses and being aware of the no's in a way where who's saying no, you know, are other people, is it somebody who just like doesn't even know and they just like trying to cut you down? It feels like, um, and again, not to be negative, uh, you know, in, in regards to, you know, people who are saying, Hey, you know, think about this, think about that. But you also want to make sure that you're not being discouraged. Uh, similarly, I want to find, I also find it's important to say, let's not tell ourselves no before we give somebody else a chance to tell us no. And what I mean by that is sometimes people will be like, oh, well, no, I can't go for that job because yeah, it's not really going to work out. And I was like, well, 
Who said no? Who said that you're probably not going to be good at that? Well, they probably would. I'm like, well, have you asked them? Well, no, I haven't. It's like, okay, well, you're saying no for them before they even said no. And they might not say no. So we don't want to rule ourselves out necessarily. So I think it is so important. Like I said, Daniel, we got to say yes. We got to see what that is. Be aware of those no's. I feel like the, the no's are there, whether it's external, other people, or ourselves. And so, you know, I, I think it's information. Take it in. Say, okay, is this something that's going to deter me? Is this something that can be a barrier or hurdle that something that is just part of that, that process? Um, it doesn't always have to stop us necessarily. You know, there's another aspect to that that I think is so critical, and that is thinking in the realm of possible. And so many, along with what you said, Alex, so many people will like to tell you why you cannot do X or Y or Z. And they have stopped thinking in the realm of possible, and they think in the realm of not possible. And here's why. Can't do that. I've helped uh, plan a conference a few years back, not the SVPA conference. Because that was with possible, right? That was the stuff that was possible. And and we did it and it was great. And I was involved in another conference, unfortunately, that was the opposite. And no matter what I brought up, I immediately got the response of, well, who's going to pay for that? Or we can't do that because of this. And it became very frustrating. And I could see where the whole thing was going to go. Important to think in terms of possible. I think that's the that's a critical piece there. So sometimes you have to be in charge to be able to make things possible. So for example, sometimes you bring the idea and people say no, but then right there, evaluate, okay, what it takes if I say I'll do it um, and I just need your help and I will try to get the money from different sources. I will do that. I take responsibility for being in charge. Sometimes you have to do that. Because I remember this has happened to me when I was uh, working at the school. I always wanted to celebrate cultures school-wide and invite all the directors from the district to our school. But it was like a lot of planning. Like the um, school had to, at one hour during the day, to be pretty much shut down to do the school-wide. And usually this is all planned a year ahead, um, you know, when they're planning on their school events. And I started talking and talking and talking with different people. So, um, you know, everybody was saying, yeah, it's a great idea, but, you know, and then somebody would say, oh, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, good idea, but... You know, everybody pretty much said something along that line. And all of a sudden I thought, you know what? I really want to do that. I really want to do that. So I just found one more person who said, I help you. And then I just took all the responsibility. And I thought, if I need to put this much money, I'm going to do it. Because I know school is not going to do that because I wanted presenters from different cultures. I wanted different activities from different cultures. I made it happen. I really did make it happen. And after that, every year, that was the day of celebration of cultures. And it was in the calendar. But I know I went through so much. And I remember at one point, I started a committee. And there was someone who was totally against it, but was in the committee. And I remember sometimes I was so frustrated with that person always being negative at the meeting. And then I remember the person who told me, I'm with you and let's do that and was very positive, told me, don't get frustrated. It's always good to hear the negative because you always need a devil's advocate. It just brings something to your mind to be watchful. And, to, and then that changed the whole thing because from that point I thought, I want to hear him talking negatively because I want to see, you know, I have to be prepared for those negative things that he brings, you know, and um, it, it was a lot of energy putting into this, a lot of going back and forth, but it made, I, you know, it just happened. So sometimes when you know something that you do has positive effect, the kids at school with different cultures, they need to see 
this celebration of their culture and people pay attention and value their culture. I wanted to do that, to give that much you know, energy and value to some people there to say, we care about your culture. We invited parents, we invited district people. And I remember we were marching through the whole school with the kids, with the flags of different cultures. Uh, I mean, it was just an amazing day. So what I'm saying is sometimes you have to roll up your sleeves and you say, you know, I want to do this, whatever it takes. If I had to put money into it, if I had to really work double or triple, I'll do it because I know there's the outcome is positive for a big group of people. I like what you said. It was, it, I was thinking of it in regards to, I was saying that the, the no's that we hear are, are speed bumps and they can maybe hinder us in some way. But I like how you described it as though they're, they're fuel, they're ammunition, you know, use those no's, turn them around as ways to kind of reflect on, okay, what can I, you know, how can I counter that? How can I, uh, you know, prepare for for that no that that person is saying so that this can succeed so it can move forward? All right, so we got to another break. We come back and continue our conversation. with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andradiv, and we continue our conversation about the path that got us to where we are, or maybe just the question of, does it come from our culture? Does it come from our background? Uh, What brought us to where we are? One of the things I was uh, wanting to kind of uh, have you guys maybe share a little bit is kind of what brought you to higher education. I think it's something where for a lot of individuals, it can feel so far away from maybe what we've known and what we've maybe have experienced ourselves. Um, Daniel, would you mind sharing first, maybe what, what kind of, what was that path for you? What, what helped you to, to pursue that? When you say higher education, do you mean college or graduate school or both? It, either one. Yeah. Yeah. I think even getting to the college sometimes could be a journey. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'm, have a couple of examples in my life that I think are things that happened, which I think were very important. One was that my parents, I'm a first generation going to college. My parents did not go to college. They just went to high school. And they said to the four of us, they said, you, all four of you are going to college. We weren't able to do that. We wish we would have been able to do that. We couldn't do that, but we want to make sure you do that. So that was kind of drilled in. My parents somehow had the foresight, even though they hadn't, didn't have the experience. Now they didn't know what, you know, what do you do? How do you register and all that stuff? And we kind of had to wing it on our own and we did, it was all doable. So that got me there. Plus I knew, like I said earlier, that if I, I had to do that in order to move out into, I wasn't going to get pulled back into that orbit of the farming community. I respect my background and I learned tons from it. Very, very important grounding material. But I also knew I needed to get out of there. So I got my degree and I got a degree in computer science. I thought about at that point getting a degree in psychology. And I distinctly remember telling somebody else things that I had heard somebody else say, which was, oh, yeah, I would get a degree in psychology, but you can't get a job with a bachelor's degree and a PhD takes too long. And I look back on that, and that was just me parroting back stuff that I heard, and I had not bothered to genuinely check it out. Never talked with a psychologist before. I just was hearing stuff that some of my friends were saying, and what did they know, right? They didn't, they weren't psychologists, they didn't know. But so that was where that was. And I got out got and worked for six years. And then I felt pretty unsatisfied. And then I decided that, oh, I was going through some relationship difficulties. And I knew something, I needed to get something straightened out for myself. 
that's when I went to see a psychologist to really understand, well, what's going on for me and why am I blocked in this area? And when I watched what he did and some of the groups that he ran, I said, I think I can do that. I bet I can do that. I think I can do it as good as he did. That's what then inspired me to explore getting the graduate degree, going for the PhD. And then there was one other thing. So then I was taking a few classes at the local college. It was University of North Texas where I got the degree. And I was coming out of a class. It was the, I think, history of psychology. It's taught by Professor Dave Baker. I will always remember this moment. We were walking out of class. He says, Dan, what are you, you know, what are your goals here? And I said, well, I think I'm going to get a master's degree in industrial psychology. And he says, no, don't do that. He says, you should get a PhD in counseling psychology and I'll write you a letter of recommendation. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, I knew that was my right path. But it was one of those, you know, it's kind of like what we're talking about before. These things happen on the way when we make that decision to move forward. And if we can be open to them, they can open up new doors. If he had, if that hadn't happened, if I had said no, I probably would not be on this program right now. Mm-hmm. We may not even have this program right now, but he <laughs> helped open that door for me. So it was pretty cool. It was really nice. He had faith in me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted, I wanted to pass that on to other people too. And uh, it's, it, that, yeah, it's funny that you saw you. Sorry, say again. That's what, that was what I saw in you. I said, this guy can do this. It's great. I want to support him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that word that you used too, that, that, that resonated with me, faith. It was that, that was the feeling that I had when, when we worked together. I was like, this guy has faith in me. And, and, and part of it was like, who am I for this guy to have faith in? And, and I think it's something too, I always hear a lot of people struggle with this idea of this imposter syndrome. I, I, think, it's, I think it's overused a little bit and, and we don't, maybe hear or see those people around us who support us and who are encouraging us. And so, yeah, I think that that was the the big thing for me to be able to, to have, you know, for you to have that faith in me to see that the possible in that way, that it wasn't just having to be this uh, certain path. And so, um, yeah, it's uh, definitely something that, uh, you know, I think is so valuable and so instrumental in helping people kind of find their way. And sometimes there are people on the way that um, I don't know whether it's by chance or whether they're there to move us forward, you know, with the path that we we need to be in. Um, Because when I think about myself, the time that that person who kind of pushed me through teaching and then also the path that I went through, although I had this psychology thing in my mind, but what happened was just uh, talking to a life coach and uh, we were just talking about the giving part to the world. And I was just thinking, you know, I don't have money to give to the world. I don't have anything to give. So far it's been, what is it for me? What is it for me? I want to do this for me. But now I'm at a point that I would like to give because we know how important it is as much as you get from the universe, you give back. And then that person told me, you know, you're good in getting your degree in psychology and getting into helping people in that regard. And he said, I know someone you can talk to and you can just see what that person says. So that my path changed by meeting that person and immediately registering to get another master's degree in psychology and getting rolling into this to the end. So I'm just thinking sometimes just some events and some people, they're on the way and maybe there's a purpose to that. Maybe those are there to tell you what to do and and, and change it. And sometimes I feel like, you know, we want also to be those type of people who open the door to other people who come to talk to us, to tell them, if I did it, you can do it. If this is what you want to do, just go for it. And, and things happen during the path that you're going through. You hit difficulties. Of obviously, not, nothing in life is easy. But if this is what you want to do, there are always good people. There are always positive things also at the same time happening that can give you energy to move forward to the end. 
I think along those lines too, the thing that was so helpful for me in my process, because like you mentioned, uh, Daniel, you know, I was the first in my family to ever go to college as well. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't even know anyone who had a doctorate. And so for me to even go to college was a huge, I, I was actually scared. I was really scared to even, you know, enroll. And so, as I mentioned earlier, it took, you know, I didn't go to school for the first six months. I was working, but then I realized I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I just wasn't enjoying that type of work. It was a little bit more physical. And I was like, you know what, let me go to college. And if anything, let me just say I'm going to college. And so the thing that I found was when I went, I was like, can I just take one class? And they're like, no, no, no. like you can, you can take like four classes. I was like, no, 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 you guys aren't getting me. I was like, I'm going to take one class and I'm going to see how I do. And so I took one class the first semester. And I even remember I took the entrance exam for like math and they were like oh yeah you're in this level math like one up or two up and I was like no 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 no, I'm gonna take the bottom math oh my god I took the bottom math and it was horrible like it was so boring and it was just like I was like okay I should have listened I I I know basic algebra so it's one of those things where it's like you can start at the bottom don't underestimate yourself uh you know start too low necessarily but it showed me like okay I can do this and so I took one class and then I took two and then before I knew it I took four And so gradually, I just started to see like, this is something that I can do. And it wasn't that I didn't feel smart or anything like that. I went to a school here in Sacramento that's known to be like a a higher like education kind of school that prepares you for college. I I just I didn't I didn't know it. It just seemed so foreign to me. So I was like, who am I to, to do those things? And it's not because I was less, but I didn't feel extraordinary. And so when I learned, like, you don't have to be extraordinary necessarily, you can just kind of put one foot in front of the other and and you can grow and you can show yourself and you can learn, then you can find what those limits are. But yeah, you don't want to start by limiting yourself. Right. So, so you had imposter phenomenon at that time. You didn't even believe that you know so much that, you know, you started from uh, beginning and that has happened to me often that I feel like, you know, if I take that level, probably I'm not to that level. Let's just start from beginning, see how it goes. So sometimes we just underestimate ourselves. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. On the one hand, it's good because then when you go from the below um, your level, you realize, hey, you know, put your head up, you know this much, you know, and then when you go to next level, it's, it's easier, you have that self esteem to go through. Um, Yeah, so we all go through certain point in life with imposter. And I think, you know, Alex, as you said, sometimes we make a big deal out of this, but it's true. You know, we all sometimes feel like, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not you know, at the level to do this, or there are other people who know it, but I don't. Um, but sometimes we need to be a little nicer to ourselves and evaluate ourselves in a more appropriate, you know, way than I think it- we hit ourselves, you know, harder than we should. Yeah. And I think along those lines, that's why it's important to talk with people that you not only care about people that you trust, the people that you trust who know you, who will, who will give you some some feedback and some support in that way and, and kind of tell you like, hey, they're like, hey, I'm interested in this. Yeah, you know, try it out. Like, oh, I know you're smart. You, you do this, you do that. I think we forget and we downplay a lot of our own strengths and our own abilities a lot of times. So I think it's always go to people who you know and you trust versus if you're, you're making these, especially these life decisions in your own mind without kind of bouncing ideas off people, you might feel like later you regretted an opportunity you could have said yes to, as we were saying earlier. Yeah, so I know we have uh, several minutes left, but uh, I was wanted to give like an extended maybe because this is such a big topic too. And we could probably, if we were going to give advice to listeners about what they can do, we could probably each talk for a good hour or so. Uh, there's so many different ways that we can uh, give this feedback. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to just spend a couple of minutes in, in regards to what would we want to share with listeners in regards to our own path and yeah, as they find their way on their own. Daniel, did you want to maybe start first? Well, as you probably could tell from my earlier comments, always think in terms of what is possible. Or maybe that's not even a good way to say it, because a lot of times people even think 
oh, that's impossible. Therefore, they don't try it. When really the reality is, no, it's, that's quite possible. Maybe a better way of saying it, and this is what I like to do, is I ask myself the question, ooh, how can I do X? In what way could I get close to doing X? And I like to set it up as a little challenge for myself. If I see how somebody has professionally done something, ooh, in what way could I do something close to that? How could I get something that looks like that or is like that? Or maybe is even better than that. This is my own personal challenge. I love that way of thinking. It's just something that's kind of fun. And when you score, it's very cool. And, and I was going to say, uh, you know, whatever you want to do, just find a person that, as Alex, you said, you trust and you really believe that is a very trustworthy person who knows you and who can give a hand. If you know experts that they've done something, go talk to them. See how even if you're not expert, there are people who are expert. Talk to them. Get them on your team. See what you can do together. Sometimes there's so many experts, but they're not good in putting things in action, doing things. You know what I mean? They have the idea. They have the knowledge. But if you are the doer, bring those people into your team and then start you know, going through the path you want to go. So always think that anything is doable as long as you have the right people in, in your team. Discuss what you want to do and see what they say. And then there's so many people who would like to help and find those people. It's not really only you doing things. We know in life we need different hands to help us in anything we do just find those right people to help you yeah what i would say uh, uh, oh man i went blank there hold on give me a second <laughs> what i would encourage people to looking at the idea of like what's going to make you happy i think and it's funny in all of our stories i couldn't help but notice we all started on a certain path that we found ourselves going in a different direction and I think sometimes we think of what we need to do or what we could do or what would be most like lucrative, where I, I think it's one of those things where if we recognize what's going to satisfy me, what's going to fulfill me, what's going to make me happy, I think looking at that as a focal point is so important. I, I feel like it's, it's something I'm just learning now in my life that if it's something that I would have maybe had at the forefront a little bit sooner it would have maybe led me to the where I'm at, maybe even faster. Uh, not that I'm not grateful to be where I am now, but I think it's one of those things where to be happy in that journey is just as important to think of happiness as a destination. So think of, you know, what's going to make me happy, even as you have to do the things you need to do, have that at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. And I think with that last part, maybe we can end our program for today. Um, I really I strongly think our cultural background and the way we have been raised and, and we, we have been grown up in the environment we have definitely has amazing effect in our uh, worldview. But uh, always think that you can always step uh, further and look at things from the balcony and look at things from a bigger scope. Come out of that culture, come out of that environment come out of that uh, board view that you had in that limited situation and think bigger like dr rockers you mentioned um being raised in the farm and then wanting to come out of that environment look what happened in your life and i think a lot of us are stuck in the environment in the um, place that we've been raised and um you know experienced but always think bigger, always come out of that and look at life in a bigger um, scope and change your worldview, change your lenses um, so that you can see widen your lenses. So with that, I wanna say goodbye to our listeners and, and thank my colleagues, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. And we come back next week to have another conversation about another to topics. پس از این زاری مکن عبسه یاری مکن 
آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه چه بگویم با من دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم دل دیوانه باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم دل دیوانه به خوابارم دل دیوانه